I'm going to have a discussion on if a brackish water puffer can be converted to fresh water or salt water. I'm going to have a discussion on why it's bad for a puffer to puff up and inflate itself and much more. You're going to walk away from this show learning a lot about puffer fish. So listeners, let's puff up and learn about the puffer fish right now here on Aquatic Wetline. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. So we're going to start this puffer fish edition of Aquatic Wetline off by me discussing why I like the puffer fish. Now, one of the biggest reasons why I like puffer fish is their personality. Puffer fish have a personality that is similar to a puppy. They'll do anything to get attention from their owners, whether it be begging for food or swimming up and down the glass. That's what I like about puffer fish. Uh, a good example would be a dog-faced puffer in marine aquariums. They are actually similar looking to a dog, and they act just like a dog. When I had a yellow-bellied dog-faced puffer before I sadly lost him to velvet, he would beg me for brine shrimp and blood worms and occasional LRS refrenzy food by swimming up and down the glass, and he also hand-fed for me. I missed that interaction with that puffer, and I can't wait to get another yellow-bellied dog-faced puffer. But I think... For a fish keeper who's looking for a fish with a lot of personality, a puffer fish is the way to go. Now, another reason I like the puffer fish is they'll take care of troublesome snails. Let's face it, snails breed a lot. Snails are always breeding, and sometimes you have too many snails to keep, and you can't rehome all those snails. Well, puffers will take care of them because puffers actually need the snails to keep their mouth and beak in line because without a hard shell, their beak is going to outgrow them and they won't be able to eat. So it's actually recommended to have snails in a puffer aquarium, whether it be freshwater, saltwater, or brackish water. I actually had a dozen Mexican turbo snails in my yellow belly dog face puffer aquarium, and within three days, I was down to two. He loved those snails. And that's what I really like seeing about puffers, is how fast they destroy problemsome snails. Now, puffers are pretty much easy to keep. I mean, all you really got to do is feed them and maintain perfect water quality by doing water changes and keeping an eye on the water levels, making sure the ammonia does not get too high, cleaning the filters, and doing your regular water changes. If you are a seasoned aquarium hobbyist, hobbyist, you know that you need to be doing water changes. All right? Now, the last thing I like about puffers is that they're generally readily available. You'll find a lot of puffers at your fish store. You'll find the green spot puffers. You might find Fajaca puffers, MBU puffers, porcupine puffers. They are generally available, and uh, there's a lot of common ones in freshwater, saltwater, and brackish water. But if your pet store or your fish store does not supply puffer fish, I can guarantee you they can probably special order one and have it in for you the next time you go shopping there. Those are all of the reasons why I like puffer fish. Feel free to like my Facebook page, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast, and on that page, you can post why you, the listeners, like puffer fish. Now, I'm going to talk about puffers that I've personally kept before. 
Now, in fresh water, I only had two puffers. I had an MBU puffer, which was a pretty cool fish. However, he was very mean, and he had to live in an aquarium by himself. And I also had a green spot puffer. But when I had a green spot puffer, I did not know that he needed to live in brackish water because I bought him from Pecco like some other uh, newbies do. And Pecco does not tell you that they need to live in brackish water and that they can't even live in a saltwater aquarium. So my green spotted puffer did not live very long because he was already uh, growing into the adult stage and at that point he needed to be moved into a brackish water aquarium. So folks, don't make the mistake that I did. Don't purchase a green spot puffer unless you have a brackish water aquarium or a saltwater system. Sure, green spot puffers can live in a freshwater aquarium as juveniles, but as they grow up, they need to be in a brackish water system or a marine system. Now, for saltwater, I've kept a yellow-bellied dog-faced puffer, who sadly I lost in my velvet outbreak. And I own now a small manila puffer who is doing very well. I'm very glad to finally have a healthy tank again, and I'm loving my small manila puffer. Now, I plan on getting a blue-spotted Toby puffer, another yellow-bellied dog-face puffer, and a porcupine puffer. I can't wait to get another yellow-bellied dog-face. They are really beautiful. So I thought that that would be a fun way to start today's show. Now, let's get into some information on puffer fish. I'm going to start off by talking about freshwater puffers. Freshwater puffers are a relatively misunderstood and underrepresented fish in the aquarium trade. Also, many of the fish sold as puffers are not freshwater fish at all. However, the true freshwater puffers are a wonderful specialist fish, and they are very rewarding to keep as pets, provided that their basic needs are met. In most cases, freshwater puffers don't do well in a community tank setting. They will either eat the other fish, nip at their fins, or starve because they aren't fast enough to compete for the food. There is no way to make sure all the fish are getting their fair share without overfeeding your tank, which will cause an ammonia spike, eventually leading to dead fish. Some species, like the dwarf puffer, can be kept in a species tank, which is a tank that only houses fish of the same species. However, this doesn't always work out because all puffers have individual personalities, like humans, and what works for one aquarium may not work for yours. Other puffers, including any of the lurker or ambush species, cannot be safely housed in a tank with other fish because they will eat them. They are predators by nature, and you cannot change that. All puffers are very messy eaters that eat a very protein-rich diet. In turn, this means that they release a lot of ammonia into the water through their waste. The minimum tank size for most of the smaller species of freshwater puffers is 30 gallons, while some of the larger freshwater species need tanks as large as 1,000 gallons. Freshwater puffers also require double filtration. External canister filters work well. The most active species need a bigger tank, even though they can technically fit into a 30-gallon because they need extra swimming space to prevent boredom. A bored puffer will constantly pace the glass up and down. You can fix this by adding more decorations and hiding places in their tank for it to explore. Unlike most aquarium fish, freshwater puffers weren't built to graze constantly throughout the day. Most of them only require two or three meals 
per week, depending on age and species. However, there are some that require frequent feedings, like the dwarf puffer. So make sure you do your research before you cut back on feeding. Hard-shelled foods. They all need a consistent diet of hard-shelled foods to help prevent their beaks, which are actually four fused bony plates or teeth, from overgrowing. If their teeth grow too long, your puffers will end up starving because they can't eat anymore. Snails and shrimp. Snails, especially ramshorn and common pond snails, are a wonderful food source for smaller freshwater puffers. You can also use whole shrimp with the shell still on, as well as frozen food like bloodworms. If you want to succeed in keeping a freshwater puffer, then you should ideally wait to purchase one until you have some experience with keeping tropical fish tank. A puffer fish does not make a good impulse purchase. The reason why is that a fish tank does not only need a double filtration system, heat and light, it also needs bacteria to keep the water chemicals in order. First, or excuse me, fish produce ammonia, which is toxic. In nature, water would wash away the ammonia, but in your fish tank, it will build up, killing or stressing the fish. However, if ammonia spikes, your population of ammonia-eating bacteria will increase. These bacteria exist naturally in the air and will colonize your filter bed to turn ammonia into nitrite. Unfortunately, while nitrite is less toxic than ammonia, it is still toxic. Fortunately, when nitrite spikes, the population of nitrite-eating bacteria will increase. So you simply have to add a source of ammonia, and with time, the ammonia and nitrate rates will go down to zero. You can measure these with a test kit. Only then will your fish tank be fully cycled or safe for fish. It is very important to make sure you have a fully cycled tank before you bring a puffer fish home because they are especially sensitive to their environment. They don't have scales, which makes them more susceptible to elevated levels of ammonia and nitrite. Now, the common types of freshwater puffers are Amazonian puffer. These fish, sometimes simply known as Amazon, South American, Brazilian, or bee puffers, have distinctive stripes and grow to be about three inches long. They are more peaceful than other puffers and can sometimes be kept with fast-moving community fish, though every puffer has its own personality. Fajaca puffer. This fish is sometimes known as a lined, striped, or bant puffer because of its stripes. They get quite large, about 18 inches long, and therefore will require a large tank. Dwarf puffer. Dwarf puffers, also known as pea or Indian malbar puffers, are the smallest type you will find, reaching one inch in length. They do require more frequent feedings than other puffers. Although they are small, they can still kill much larger fish, so it is still important to take care if you choose to introduce tank mates. Sp Spotted green puffers are not freshwater puffers. You may see spotted green puffers labeled as freshwater fish. However, although they can live in freshwater while they are young, as they get older, they will gradually require more and more brackish water. Consequently, these are complicated fish to maintain. Alright, so now I'm going to give out some freshwater puffer fish profiles. And we're going to start with the MBU puffer fish, my personal favorite freshwater puffer. Difficulty level. The MBU puffer has specific feeding requirements and needs an aquarium of titanic 
proportions. The MDU pufferfish is a species that falls well outside the range of the aquarium hobby newcomer. They are not especially difficult to maintain, provided their housing requirements are met. But maintaining an aquarium at 300 gallons to 1,000 plus gallons falls within the realm of seasoned experience fish keepers only. Hardiness. MBU puffer fish care needs in terms of tank size and food requirements change as it grows. But the MBU puffer fish is relatively hardy. It provided with a spacious aquarium with lots of unobstructed swimming room. Pristine water quality, it tends to be a messy eater that produces lots of waste and meaty live foods. It can learn to accept pre-killed items. Physical description, often sold to unsuspecting aquarists as small four-inchers, the MBU pufferfish grows quickly and can reach 30 inches, which includes its paintbrush-like cattle fin. Its tawny body color adorned with olive green jigsaw puzzle piece blotches creates a muddled appearance. The MBU pufferfish has the typical squarish head, bulging eyes, large mouth, and perpetual smile similar to many pufferfish. Climate and range. The MBU puffer is found throughout Africa's Congo Basin, particularly in Lake Tanganyika. The MBU puffer does best when kept singly in an aquarium of its own. The MBU puffer tends to be very aggressive and will make minced meat of smaller invertebrates and fish kept in the same setup. And when the standard minimum recommended aquarium size for keeping one adult, which can attain a length of three, or excuse me, of 30 inches, including its impressive cattle thing is roughly 800 gallons. Keeping more than one MBU puffer fish at the same time borders on lunacy for 99% of the aquarists out there. The MBU puffer is found in the wild in water conditions similar to those for African Rift Lake cichlids. Water temperature for the MBU puffer should be maintained between 75 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit, pH 7.0 to 7.8, and very clean water. Internet accounts of the MBU pufferfish have them being kept in everything from 50 gallons to 1,500 gallon aquarium setups. Many aquarium form posts report eventual failure in keeping the MBU puffer because aquarists just could not keep a pace with the growth needs. Unfortunately, many MBU puffer fish are stunted and even suffer permanently crooked cattle fins because they are kept in aquariums that are much too small for their needs. Likewise, as the MBU puffer fish grows, its dietary needs change as well. When less than 6 inches, the MBU puffer fish can be fed a variety of live foods daily, including myesis, aquatic snails, ghost shrimp, black worms, blood worms, crickets, and krill. As the MBU puffer fish grows beyond 6 inches, feed it every other day and increase the amount of crunchy foods you feed it, things such as uncooked shrimp shells, mussels, clams, crayfish, and crab legs, will be greedily gobbled up by the MBU puffer fish. Crunchy foods help to keep the MBU puffers always growing teeth filed down. A MBU puffer fish aquarium setup should have top-notch filtration and good circulation. Water changes of up to 50% should be performed weekly. The MBU puffer fish requires a serious commitment on the part of aquarist. Now, let's talk about the Fajaca Puffer. Now, the Fajaca Puffer grows to 17 inches in length. It will require a tank of 125 gallons and up, so a big 6-foot aquarium is required. Now, in the aquarium, the Fajaca Puffer relishes all kinds of seafood, as well as worms and other live and frozen foods. It should be fed snails and unshelled shellfish, such as crab legs, mussels, etc., regularly in order to maintain its sharp teeth. 
As with other puffers, these grow continuously and become a problem for the fish if they are not kept ground down. A general aggressive and intolerant species that really should be kept alone is the Fahaka puffer. Its beak-like mouth can easily bite chunks from other fish or, in extreme cases, rip them to pieces. If you decide to take the risk, you will need a huge tank and tank mates that swim too quickly for the puffer to catch them easily. It is also very aggressive towards conspecifics. Some aquarists have had success keeping it in groups, but to attempt this, an enormous tank is required. The fish will still bite one another and fight, no matter how large the tank is, so success should be regarded as them not murdering one another. Dwarf Puffer Fish My friend Jeremy Stellhorn has some beautiful dwarf puffers. In captivity, they are not too picky about water parameters. As long as extremes are avoided, your fish should do just fine. Spawns have been reported by many hobbyists in both hard and soft water, with a recorded pH both slightly above and slightly below neutral. It does appear that clean water is important for dwarf puffers. Keep the dissolved organics and nitrates low by doing large regular water changes, especially if you are keeping them in smaller aquariums. If you provide them with clean water and the right foods, dwarf puffers will reward you with many years of unique behavior. These fish prefer well-planted tanks with some areas where each male can set up his territory. They do well in smaller tanks, and a pair or trio can be kept in a desktop tank. A good filter helps maintain water quality, but make sure the flow is not too strong. Puffers in general are not strong swimmers and seem to prefer areas with less water flow. Now, sponge filters in a dwarf puffer tank are recommended because you can adjust the flow from practically nothing to a raging torrent. For the puffers, keep the flow at a fairly slow rate. Now, dwarf puffers should have a varied diet. For those who do not want to deal with live foods, some hobbyists do report that dwarf puffers will take flakes and pellets as a staple diet. Now, there are other freshwater puffers out there, but generally the other ones are all brackish water puffers. For example, the green spotted puffer, like I said earlier in the show, is only freshwater as a juvenile. It has to be in brackish water as an adult, and it can even live in salt water. Now, let's talk about my personal favorite puffers, the saltwater puffers. Marine puffers are fun, cute, interactive, yes, but they're also big. All the true puffers in the marine aquarium trade attain at least 12 inches in length. Take into account their active nature and messy feeding habits, and you have yourself a handful. Your first task is finding a tank big enough for one of these beefy eating machines, and then you'll need to find a filter big enough for the job so that you can maintain the water quality these fish need. Although essentially hardy, like most marine fish, they will not tolerate measurable levels of ammonia and nitrate for extended periods. Maintaining good water quality in a puffer fish aquarium is often easier said than done. You're going to need a big tank with a big filter. An aquarium with a capacity of 125 gallons is really the minimum size for any arthron or didon species, and you'll need an even bigger tank for some of the rarer but beautiful giants like the map puffer, arthron mappa. Obviously, the larger the aquarium, the better. An oversized protein skimmer is just as important here as a high-capacity biological filter because puffers will produce a lot of waste. There are many efficient protein skimmers available on the market today, and I recommend purchasing a protein skimmer that's one size larger than the what would 
otherwise be rated as acceptable for an aquarium of the size you are using. Don't forget the most important aspect of keeping your water quality in, in tip-top shape, water changes. Weekly or even twice weekly, water changes of at least 25% are highly recommended. When doing large water changes, do ensure the temperature, pH, and salinity values of the freshly mixed water match those of your aquarium water. Choosing a healthy puffer. When considering a puffer in a pet store, look for one that seems alert, with clear eyes, a slightly rounded stomach, and no signs of disease. Signs of disease can include small white spots, open sores, or fin rot, cloudy or op opaque eyes, and a immaculated look. Once selected, your new puffer should be isolated in a separate quarantine tank for a few weeks to ensure that it's eating and disease-free before introducing it to your display aquarium. Feeding. Proper feeding of your puffer is essential to its longevity and overall well-being. In order to feed your puffer properly, it helps to have some information on how puffers feed in the wild. Puffer fish are opportunistic predators, hoovering over rock shells, searching for snails, and other invertebrates, or actively searching the seafloor for buried crustaceans. Because their prey is usually encased in a shell, puffer fish teeth never stop growing, so that they are constantly hard and sharp enough to crack or slice open their prey. In the wild, day-to-day -day abrasion keeps the teeth from getting too long, but in the aquarium, their teeth can become overgrown if not pro properly worn down by a suitable crunchy diet. With these facts in mind, your puffer should be fed a diet based largely on tough-shelled invertebrate foods. Fresh, meaty seafood in the shell, such as shrimp, crab legs, oysters, mussels, crayfish, are ideal daily staples. Commercial frozen diet should be offered a few times a week, and freeze-dried fruits, krill, plankton, and prepared carnivore foods once or twice a week. Once your system is ready, and it will be quite a system, once you accurately prepared for long-term pufferfish care, you'll probably want to consider tank mates. Given that shrimps, clams, and most other invertebrates are simply food as far as pufferfish is concerned, the aquarium will inevitably be of the fish-only type. But you'll also need to restrict your selection of fish to species robust enough to live successfully with something as boisterous and curious as a puffer fish. Marine angelfish, tangs, wrasses, triggerfish, damsels, and clownfish can all make good potential tank mates, although the temperament of your particular puffer will determine precise tank mate capability to some degree. Housing other fish with puffers may be challenging, but likely your puffer will be the star of the show anyway. Now it's time for saltwater puffer species profile. And we're going to start with my personal favorite saltwater puffer, the dog-faced puffer or the black-spotted puffer, Arthron nigro punctuus. Max size, 13 inches, so they're going to need an aquarium of about 120 gallons to about 300 gallons. They are really common in the aquarium hobby. This is one of the most regularly traded of the marine puffer fish. It occurs in many different color molds. Morphs, excuse me, the most common being essentially gray with black spots, often with dark blotches on the face and body, a mask-like band across the eyes, the eyes being particularly common. The black spotted puffer is very personable, inexpensive, easy to care for, and has a fairly docile temperament. Now, the dog face puffer comes in a regular variety, the black spotted variety, comes in a yellow belly variety, which is the one that I really love, has a very nice yellow belly, comes in a golden variety, and a Dalmatian variety. Stars and Stripes Puffer. They get to be 20 inches in length. They need a minimum aquarium size of 150 gallons and up, and they are common. 
Another commonly available puffer, and probably the most docile of all the large puffer species, Although usually known as the Stars and Stripe Puffer, it is sometimes sold as the Dog Face Puffer, which can cause confusion between this species and Arsron nigropunctuus. The two species are easily told apart, though, as the Stars and Stripes Puffer has a unique spotted and striped pattern from where the common name is from. It is essentially light brown with white spots on the face, body, and even the tail fin. Distinctive white circles are visible around the eyes and gill openings. Porcupine Puffer, Didon holocansis. These get 20 inches. They're going to need a 6-foot aquarium and bigger, and they are common. Now, despite its common name, the porcupine puffer is not a true puffer, but a member of a related but distinctive group known as the Didontidae, or porcupine fishes. They have a very unusual appearance, even by puffer fish standards, with big eyes and long, sharp spines that stick straight out when the puffer inflates. It is usually cream to light brown in color, with a few darker blotches on the body. body. Porcupine puffers are highly intolerant of one another and should be kept strictly one to an aquarium. However, because porcupine puffers are not actual puffers, you can keep them with true saltwater puffers. Alright, 30 minutes of great information to start our show today. We're going to go ahead and take our short commercial break. Now, during this commercial break, we're going to hear two songs from a band that my friend Jeremy Stellhorn knows. And after our commercial break, I'm going to discuss can a brackish water puffer be converted to salt water, and how does a freshwater puffer differ from a saltwater puffer, and why is it bad for a puffer to inflate itself? Ladies and gentlemen, during this commercial break, go on to Facebook and look up Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast and hit like. Ladies and gentlemen, Pufferfish Chat continues right after this commercial break. Oh, mm-hmm. 
Carob Sea is the proud sponsor of the American Variety Network. Carob Sea provides tropical fish keepers with quality products such as live sand for saltwater aquariums, which will help cycle your aquarium. Life Rock, the best and safest alternative to live rock without the unwanted pests. The best line of aquarium chemicals for both fresh and salt water. Next time you need quality products for your tank, give Carob Sea a try. Check us out at CarobSea.com. Hi, I'm Jeremy Stillhorn of Blossom City Radio, inviting you to listen at 8 p.m. Eastern and 7 Central to the American Variety Network. Blossom City Radio is a talk show that highlights the amazing people, places, and things in the southern Illinois, St. Louis area. Tune in to hear my fun guests such as musicians, artists, politicians, and hobby clubs. Thank you for listening. See you Tuesday. Calling all Android and iPhone users. The American Variety Network now has an app that you can download. On this app, you can listen to any of our over 300 episodes of the American Variety Network. You can watch American Variety Network YouTube videos and see the posts that are made on our Facebook page with the latest show news and more. To download the American Variety Network app, simply go to the Google Play Store or the Apple Store and search American Variety Network and click download. You are going to enjoy this app as you can listen to any of our podcasts on the go or watch our videos. Download our app, American Variety Network, and enjoy. Next Friday, April 22nd, 2016, it's our next episode of The Mass Effect. On our next episode of The Mass Effect, I'm going to recap David Ortiz's career before he retires as a Boston Red Sox. Plus, I will talk about Cape Cod, a historic vacation part of Massachusetts. Before you go on vacation at Cape Cod, hear me talk about it next Friday on The Mass Effect. Plus, who will be my very special guest? Which business will have the opportunity to be a guest on Business Spotlight? Plus, I will spotlight Shaker Bowl, East Long Meadow, and Six Flags New England. All that and more next Friday, April 22nd on The Mass Effect. Are you ready for another live on location broadcast, listeners? Well, I am. Get ready on Friday, May 6th, 2016 at 8 p.m. Eastern, American Variety Network, and I, Alex Cardinelli, will be broadcasting live from the Boulevard Grill at 654 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. American Variety Network is proud to broadcast from the very first restaurant in Springfield, Mass. Here is what you can expect on this live on location broadcast. An interview with the head chef and owner, plus a discussion on the menu and preview of the menu. We'll hear from some customers and more. So tune in to the very first restaurant live on location broadcast at the Boulevard Bar and Grill, Friday, May 6, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on American Variety Network. Listeners. May 14th. 
May 14th. Something big is coming to American Variety Network on May 14th. And it's the 350th episode. That's right. On May 14th, 2015, American Variety Network proudly celebrates its 350th episode. Join me, Alex Cardinelli, and my co-host, Jeremy Stellhorn, as we celebrate 350 amazing episodes. There will be four special guests, including Aquatic Treasures owner Damien. Plus, there will be a fun discussion, some funny phone calls, and more, including a performance from Ryan Serene. So join us for the historic 350th episode, live Saturday, May 14th. 2016 at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on American Variety Network. Welcome back to the American Variety Network on Blog Talk Radio, the one and only podcast for hardworking Americans that has a show for everyone. Now let's get back to the show here as your host. Alex Cardinali in the Springfield, Massachusetts studio. You are now tuned in to the one and only Fish Keeping Podcast on Blog Talk Radio that started it all. The Aquatic Wetline has something for you. What is Alex going to discuss next? Let's get back to the show to find out. Now, back to Aqua Alex. You are listening live to the Aquatic Wetline Radio Show, hosted by a fish keeper for fish keepers. What's swimming in the tank today? What tropical fish are we talking about today? Let's dive into the fish tank and find out. We'll see you right now here on the Aquatic Wetline. Enjoy the show. Tropical Fish Keepers, welcome back to the Aquatic Wetline here on American Variety Network. Tonight we are talking about puffer fish. Now before commercial break, I was educating you about the different species of freshwater and saltwater puffers, as well as giving out wonderful information on puffers. Now if you are just tuning in now, Don't worry, you can listen to the first half of the show in the archive of today's episode. But, now we're getting ready to learn some more information on puffers. So let's get back into our chat on puffers. Now, here's something that a lot of marine hobbyists and brackish hobbyists are wondering. Can a brackish water puffer fish, such as a green spotted puffer, be converted to salt water? Yes, a brackish water puffer can be converted to salt water. However, it has to be really slowly. Now, in my research, I found that most marine hobbyists recommend a very slow acclimation into salt water. The ideal situation is that you want to increase the salinity slowly over a short period of time so that the puffer can get used to living in salt water. Now I've heard that this works well with green spotted puffers and figure eight only puffers that live in brackish water can be converted to salt water. So you can now convert a freshwater puffer like an MBU or a Fajaca, but you can convert a green spotted puffer or a figure eight puffer. Now how does a freshwater puffer differ from a saltwater puffer? 
Well, the majority of the pufferfish are marine habitants and are found in most of the tropical oceans of the world. Less than 40 types of pufferfish can be found in brackish waters, and only 29 species are truly freshwater pufferfish. Puffers belong to the Tetradonte family. Well-known saltwater relatives of the pufferfish, also in this order, are the porcupine fish, Didontidae family, boxfish, Ostriacidae family, filefish, Monachidae family, and the triggerfish. Now, marine puffers differ from freshwater puffers in size because most of the true saltwater puffers get to be about a foot or more, and some of the freshwater species of puffers are dwarf and small. Obviously, water parameters are much different as saltwater puffers have salt in their water, salinity in their water, and freshwater puffers don't. Freshwater puffers come from a lower pH and a more neutral water. And uh, most freshwater puffers are generally brackish water as adults, meaning that they will need to be uh, moved to a brackish water aquarium. Only the Fajaca, MBU, and the dwarf puffers are true freshwater puffers. Now I'm going to give you some information on the pufferfish pupping up. As their name applies, pufferfish have the ability to puff themselves up with water or air if threatened. When they inflate, their signs protrude outward and this helps keep them from being eaten. So when they inflate, their spines grow bigger outward and the spines are really poisonous. Another defense of many puffer species is to harbor toxic substances in their flesh that is poisonous if eaten. Predators that do not heed the danger signals and eat puffers anyway and may die from choking or from toxic poisoning. There are also usually several deaths reported in Japan each year from humans eating puffers which are not prepared properly. Why are Japan people eating uh, puffers stupid? The powerful neurotoxin found in the organs of some puffer fish is called tetrotoxin, but not all puffers are poisonous. It is believed that puffers don't actually produce this toxin, however, because those kept in the aquarium or on fish farm, farms are totally toxin-free. Now, it really is dangerous for a puffer to puff up because they can get stuck and die that way. Also, it produces a toxin that in time will kill them. It is a very stressful situation for the puffer. It is terribly stressful for the puffer to puff up. They only puff up when they are being attacked or harassed by other fish or people. It says, I'm bigger than you, so don't mess with me. Puffers can be very delicate and tend to get sick easily, making them puff up on purpose can shorten their life considerably. So fish keepers, never ever make your puffer puff up, or I'll make you puff up with my fist. Puffer fish know how to inflate themselves instinctively from hatching, even if they cannot utilize it to its full effect until they grow to adulthood. When frightened, the puffer unhinges his jaw in order to widen his mouth. This allows him more room to suck in around 35 large gulps of water in approximately 14 seconds. Note that the water or air, if the fish is out of water, is not in the puffer's stomach at this time. The inflation. If the puffer finds the threat has not gone away once he has sucked in all the water he can, he moves into the inflation stage. His stomach and skin are highly stretchy, and he has no ribcage to get in the way. At the end of his water sucking, he stops up his mouth with a valve meant to close his esophagus. 
using muscles in his body that evolution has developed over time. He coughs the water toward the front of his mouth and down the open esophagus into the stomach. The stomach inflates so the puffer becomes up to three times his normal size. Deflation. When inflated, a puffer fish loses mobility further than when he began. In fact, a puffer fish inflates defensively because he cannot outrun his enemies. Once he feels the danger has passed, he calms and forces the water out of his stomach in several stages until he returns to his original size. The water is expelled in a reverse of how it entered. Too much air trapped in the stomach can prevent the puffer from expelling the water, which can be fatal. Puffing Evaluation Pufferfish learned how to inflate themselves in a two-step process, according to scientists. The first step, coughing, developed when these fish ate slimy creatures and needed to get rid of the shells and coating in their throats. In order to do so, pufferfish ancestries closed their gill slits and used muscles on each side of the head to bring in water and then quickly expel it to clean their throats. In the second step, the fish strengthened their coughing muscles in order to jet water out faster and tightened their mouths so the water was more focused like out of a water hose nozzle. With this practice, the fish overturned sea urchins to get to their soft bellies. Instead of forcing water out, these same muscles bring water into the puffer instead and then expel it once he feels safe again. Some information that I learned as well, and I hope that you learned some information as well. Well, Pufferfish fans, that's all of our information for tonight's show. I hope you learned a lot about puffers, and I hope you enjoyed this show. Please check out Pufferfish Freshwater Brackish and Marine on Facebook. It's an awesome Facebook puffer group. I think you're going to like it. If you own a puffer, feel free to join that group and show off your puffer and say, hey, I listened to the aquatic wetline so that I can reply to your comment. I would really love to see some engagement from members of that group. I would like to say thank you to all the fish keepers who tuned in to tonight's episode of the Aquatic Wetline. Please check out my fan page on Facebook, Aquatic Wetline Fish Keeping Podcast. On the next episode of the Aquatic Wetline, I'm going to talk to you about saltwater angelfish. The beautiful emperor angel, the beautiful flame angel, the majestic angel... I'll talk about them all next time on the Aquatic Wetline. Aqua Alex talks about saltwater angelfish. Until then, I want you fish keepers to take care. Have a great rest of your day. And thank you for tuning into Aquatic Wetline here on American Variety Network. The only fish keeping podcast hosted by a fish keeper for a fish keeper for three years straight. Ladies and gentlemen, download the American Variety Network app on your Android or your smartphone by going to the Google Play Store and searching for American Variety Network or the Apple Play Store and searching for American Variety Network to listen to my shows on the go. Aqua Alice Cardinelli saying good night, everyone. Next Friday, April 22nd, 2016, it's our next episode of The Mass Effect. On our next episode of The Mass Effect, I'm going to recap David Ortiz's career before he retires as a Boston Red Sox. Plus, I will talk about Cape Cod, a historic vacation part of Massachusetts. Before you go on vacation to Cape Cod, hear me talk about it next Friday on The Mass Effect. Plus, who will be my very special guest? Which business will have the opportunity to be a guest on Business Spotlight? Plus, I will spotlight Shaker Bowl in East Long Meadow and Six Flags New England. All that and more next Friday, April 22nd on The Mass Effect.
for another live on location broadcast. Listeners, well, I am. Get ready on Friday, May 6, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern, American Variety Network, and I, Alex Cardinelli, will be broadcasting live from the Boulevard Grill at 654 Page Boulevard, Springfield, Massachusetts. American Variety Network is proud to broadcast from the very first restaurant in Springfield, Mass. Here is what you can expect on this live on-location broadcast. An interview with the head chef and owner, plus a discussion on the menu and preview of the menu. We'll hear from some customers and more. So tune in to the very first restaurant live on-location broadcast at the Boulevard Bar and Grill, Friday, May 6, 2016, at 8 p.m. Eastern, right here on American Variety Network. Listener. May 14th. May 14th. Something big is coming to American Variety Network on May 14th. And it's the 350th episode. That's right. On May 14th, 2016, American Variety Network proudly celebrates its 350th episode. Join me, Alex Cardinelli, and my co-host, Jeremy Stellhorn, as we celebrate 350 amazing episodes. There will be four special guests, including Aquatic Treasures owner Damien. Plus, there will be a fun discussion, some funny phone calls, and more, including a performance from Ryan Serene. So join us for the historic 350th episode, live Saturday, May 14th. 2016 at 8 p.m. Eastern, only on American Variety Network. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Variety Network. Alex Cardinale, Jeremy Stelhern, and Donovan Barger would like to say your listen is really appreciated and we hope you enjoyed the show. Head on over to Facebook and hit like on our fan page American Variety Network. Join our group page called American Variety Network Fan Group to post your thoughts on the show or to chat with other members. Have a good night and thanks for listening.